0: Three times a year we gather to have what we call a teaching liturgy and we invite people who don't know things about orthodoxy to come visit us and to learn about our faith, but it's also an opportunity for us to deepen our understanding of the liturgical life. So today we're talking about Holy Communion, the center around which our life revolves. Now, We all have our understanding and opinion of what Holy Communion is. And throughout the world, there are all kinds of different interpretations and different understandings. But what we want to know is, what has the church believed from the beginning of time? To do that, we need to go on a journey. Now, anybody that has faith is on a journey. because faith is something that is not static. It is dynamic. And it is something that grows. We read in the Old Testament that Abraham's faith was counted as righteousness. Moses, Elijah, all these prophets had faith. And they had one thing in common. They had to leave the familiar, the known, the comfortable, and venture out into a foreign land. As the Orthodox Christians, that's true for us. We have to leave the world of our familiar, what we can control, what we are comfortable with, what we know. We have to leave it behind and venture out into a new reality. And this new reality has a specific name. It is called the eighth day. Remember that God created the world in six days and on the seventh day he rested. The first day he created light. And he saw that it was good. And so one day after another he created, until it came to Saturday, Savato the day of rest. And on the day of rest, he looked at all that he had created and said, this is good. Then came the fall, and we spoiled what he had created through the free will that he had given us. But he wasn't surprised. He wasn't caught off guard. He was ready to do what it takes to to recreate us. And so he took on flesh, he dwelt among us, he was crucified on a Friday, he rested again on a Saturday, and on Sunday he rose again from the dead. Sunday, the first day, Sunday, the first day of new creation, the eighth day. So Kiriaki, the Lord's Day, is the day when we gather as his community, as his body, to commune with one another. So when it comes to Holy Communion, we have naturally a lot of questions. Why do we do it? Where did it come from? Why bread and wine? Is it the real presence of God? Why so frequently? Why should we come on time? Why is it closed communion? Only Orthodox Christians can receive Holy Communion. Why, why, why? I sound like a three-year-old. Why? But they're all good questions. So we start with, why do we do it? Where did it come from? Well, sacred meals are not a new thing to history. Father Thomas Hopko writes, the Christian Eucharist is a meal specifically connected with the Passover meal of the Old Testament. At the end of his life, Christ, the Jewish Messiah, ate the Passover meal with his disciples. Originally, a ritual supper in commemoration of the liberation of the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. The Passover meal was transformed by Christ into an act done in remembrance of him, of his life, death, and resurrection as the new and eternal Passover lamb. Who frees men from the slavery of evil, ignorance, and death, and transfers them into everlasting life of the kingdom of God. So, this meal that God instituted was the meal of the fulfillment of the Passover. He was the sacrificial lamb, He was the one who is offered and the one who receives. So why do we do it on a Sunday? Sunday is the day on which we hold our common assembly, Justin Martyr writes in the first century, because it is the first day on which God, having wrought a change in the darkness and matter, made the world and Jesus Christ our Savior, on the same day rose from the dead, for he was crucified on the day before that of Saturn, Saturday, and on the day after that, The day before and the day after that of Saturn, which is the day of the sun, Sunday, having appeared to his apostles and disciples. He taught them these things which we have submitted to you also for your consideration. So God instituted this himself. Now we see very early on that the community of faith is the body of Christ. And we see in early church fathers, in Ignatius, as he writes to the Ephesians, why we have Holy Communion. He says, Breaking one and the same bread, which is the medicine of immortality, and the antidote to prevent us from dying, but which causes that we should live forever in Christ Jesus. It is the antidote to death. It is immortality because we receive into ourselves Christ himself. Now, this is what constitutes the church. That is, we gather together as a body and we partake that makes us connected to one another. Now we ask ourselves, and this is a lot of discussion and a lot of debate throughout the world of Christian and Christian religion, is it the presence, the real presence of the body and blood of Christ? Father Thomas Hopko writes again, the Orthodox Church denies the doctrine that the body and the blood of the Eucharist are merely intellectual or psychological symbols of Christ's body and blood. If this doctrine were true, when the liturgy is celebrated and holy communion is given, the people would be called merely to think about Jesus and to commune with him in their hearts. In this way, the Eucharist would be reduced to a simple memorial meal of the last supper's the, la- the Lord's last supper, and the union with God through its reception would come only on the level of thought or psychological recollection. He goes on. The mysteries and symbol of God's true genuine presence and manifestation to us in Christ. Thus by eating and drinking the bread and wine which are mystically consecrated by the Holy Spirit. We have genuine communion with God through Christ. Who is himself the bread of life? In John six fifty one, we we read, "I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread which I shall give for the life of the world is my flesh." We're beginning to see that this is not an afterthought. This was God's purpose from the very beginning. To unite us to himself. As a remembrance the Holy Eucharist is offered. In remembrance of Christ. Do this in remembrance of me. Remembering Christ and offering all things to God. In and through him. The church is filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. At the divine liturgy. The Holy Spirit comes upon us. And upon the gifts here offered. Everything is filled with the kingdom of God. In God's kingdom, nothing is forgotten. All is remembered and is thereby made alive. So when we commune together as one body, we are joined together. And Father Schmemann writes, the very act of passage in which the church fulfills herself as a new creation, And therefore, the sacrament of the church is the Eucharist. In the Eucharist, the church transcends the dimensions of institution and becomes the body of Christ. It is the eschaton or end times that the church manifests herself as the world to come. In other words, we live now as if the kingdom of God were present. But, of course, we know it is present now, but not fully present, because we struggle. It's hard to love our neighbor who doesn't love us. Can we imagine someday the person that we're fighting and struggling with in the church? One day it will be the same person in heaven with us. What are we going to do then? Are we going to continue to hate? Are we going to continue to fight? The Holy Eucharist is called the sacrament of sacraments in the Orthodox tradition. It is also called the sacrament of the church. The Eucharist is the center of the church's life. Everything in the church leads to the Eucharist and all things flow from it. It is the completion of all the church's sacrament, the source and goal of all the church's doctrines and institutions. What's that mean? Well, it means it's not one sacrament among many, but it is the sacrament of sacraments that pulls us together as individuals. It pulls us together and offers us the life of Christ, So when we look at the other sacraments, we see them all in relationship to Holy Communion. Baptism. Washing from our sins. Chrismation. The seal of the gift of the Holy Spirit to make us ready to partake of Holy Communion. Confession. To pick us up when we fall. When we separate ourselves through the temptations that we experience in life. All the sacraments are there to bring us into this union, this body of Christ. So all this food is called, among us, Ephatistia, the Eucharist. Now who can partake of the Eucharist, and why do we have closed communion? This food of which no one is allowed to partake, but the man who believes that the things which we teach are true, and who has been washed with the washing that is for the remission of sins and unto regeneration, and who is so living as Christ enjoined. For not as common bread and common drink do we receive these, but in like manner as Jesus Christ our Savior, having been made flesh by the Word of God, had both flesh flesh and blood for our salvation. So Holy Communion, we call it the liturgy, the work of the people. And we have to be on time for liturgy because liturgy is not just the act of receiving communion. It's not just the consecration of the gifts. It's what we do as a community for the transformation of the world. You've heard the prayers what are we doing? We're praying for the restoration of the whole world. We're praying for those in need, those who are sick, those who are traveling. We pray for the president. We pray for our country. We are interceding with God for the salvation of the world. So the liturgy is not something that starts with Evlo Meni, blessed is the kingdom, and ends as an individual act of my reception of the body of Christ, we come together as a community and in the act of receiving communion are joined one to the other. But does it stop when we walk out that door? The work of God continues. The work of God continues with the first person we meet. We have to suspend the idea of sacred and secular. We are transformed and we go out as new creatures in Christ to bring the message of salvation to the world, to help other people begin that first step of faith, their journey to the kingdom of God. Why do we do it so often? We do it on a regular basis, every Sunday, because it's the Lord's Day. Because God has called us. We should think more often than not that, why do I separate myself from communion? Why do I not receive regularly? We fast, we pray, we go to confession, not just to prepare us for communion, but because that's who we are. We leave a light footprint on the earth. We live ascetic lives. And when we offend our brother and sister, we run to them and ask forgiveness. Thursday night at spaghetti dinner, someone said a coarse joke, a little off color. Next day in my email box, there was an apology. That's what we do. We apologize to one another. It's not that we won't sin. It's not that we won't fall. But quickly we repent. And we come and we ask forgiveness. And we get back up. And we continue to walk with Christ. So Holy Communion is something that requires a lot of thought. It requires a lot of reflection. It requires a to connect it to our lives every day. And not say, that's impossible. I can't live that way. I can't do that. We have to walk with God by grace, living out our salvation in fear and in trembling. And what happens? What happens is real life. What happens is joy and fulfillment, and purpose. That's the way God designed it. And if we follow Him, that's the way it works. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.